0: The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number one one nine for September tenth two thousand seven. <laughs> Greetings, folks. You know, John, all that uh, compression we added to keep the vocals more uh, in uh, dynamically consistent, really adds some crunch to that guitar on in the intro, at least it does in my headphones. I'm Dave Hamilton. I'm here with John Braun, and we are hosting the Mac Observer's GAC, Mac <laughs> the Mac Observers Mac Geek Gab. Hi, John. How are you?
1: Talk much? <laughs> Apparently, I talk too much. I'm, I'm hurt, actually. I got, got a nasty case of, well, I didn't know what this word meant until very recently, uh, bursitis. Ah, yes. Oh, I've, I've never yeah, experienced w- that. Really? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Basically, you bang your elbow. There's a little, a little sack of fluid that normally cushions things. But if you if you aggravate it, it gets all red and swollen. It's just nasty. So that's not good. But I'm recovering. That's what you think. Mm, Yeah. Well, it it can it could get worse. Other than that, things are great.
0: That's good. Uh, so we are here this week back from our review cast last week to answer a bunch of your questions, share some tips that you have sent in over the last two weeks. And, uh, and, uh, let's get, uh, let's get to, it. Got, to it. What tro- uh, some stuff about troubleshooting tiger, uh, uh some office alternatives. And, uh, I'm just buying time while I'm trying to get to our first question. Cause you know, I got to navigate all around. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're doing pretty good there. I thought I was a little vamp, never hurt anybody. <laughs> uh, and we're going to ask Scott here what he seems to, uh, What is, what's, what's ailing him? Doctor, doctor.
2: Hey, John and Dave. This is Scott calling in from Seoul, Korea. Wow. Question I have is about the uh, disk utility on my uh, Core 2 Duo iMac. What's the difference between verified disk permissions and repair disk permissions or verified disk and repair disk? Do they do the same thing or do they do different things? And then do I need to do a, a restart after using either of those? Thanks.
0: All right. Uh, so, yeah, so they do two very different things. In, in fact,
1: well, It's oddly worded because you could either interpret it to say, is there a difference between the, the verify and actual action, which is when I listen to it at first, I'm like, is that what he's asking? I'm like, no, he can't be asking that. because We're,
0: we're going to assume our, our listeners know right. the difference between verify and repair. That's right. Well
1: hey, you never know. I mean no. we may have some real newbies. Some true. noobs. Hi noobs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so uh the the verified disk actually goes through and checks the structure of the directories. It doesn't go through and scan to see if there's any physical damage with the disk, and that's important to note. Uh and in fact there's nothing built into the OS ten um into OS 10 that will do that, as far as, to my knowledge. I believe you I have think, to use a third party to do that. The, FS, the or, version of FSCK that's built in will not do a surface scan. It, that is not right. a feature of it. So
1: Now, I think a lot of modern hard drives, because I remember you and I, I mean, I'm sure you remember this from the bad old days, but you had to manually, I, I believe a lot of modern hard drives, as long as the damage is not too severe, will actually kind of dynamically deal with this. To a degree. Yeah, if they if something's like horribly wrong, it'll like dynamically say, you know, this part of the disk is really bad. Please don't use it. Though it, every now and then you can get a marginal spot, in which case I think as you were suggesting, Dave, you get a third party utility to uh, you know read that, and write, I guess, every block to just make sure everything's okay.
0: Yeah, I use drive that that's that's something Disc Warrior won't do either. That's something I used uh Drive Genius from ProSoft for to to do a hmm. surface scan of the disk. And from what I understand that's Drive Genius is what they use at the Apple Store to do the exact same thing. So, so verified disk permissions will not do that. What will it do? It will go through and scan the directory, the uh, the catalog structure of your disk. Right. If you think about your disk as one part of your disk has all these files and folders and uh, and documents and all that stuff out there, and then there's a table of contents of the disk, and the table of contents points to where all these files are so if the table of contents gets messed up the file could still be out there but you can't get to it because there's no path to get there via this table of contents so repair disk or verify and then repair disk checks that table of contents and then goes and fixes it uh if possible now you can't fix the table of contents if the disk is mounted, so you would, in order to repair disk, you'll notice when you boot, uh, when you run Disk Utility from within uh, Tiger, if you are running it on your uh, on your local disk, repair disk is not enabled. Uh, it is the one of the the four options that's not enabled, and you've got to boot from the DVD or the uh, the CD. I guess it's only a DVD now to uh, to do that. And that actually alludes to something later, but that that's what that's what that does. You want to tell them what repair and verify permissions does, John?
1: Well, that I think we covered in the last step, but, but that's did. another part of the disk. So as as you as you were stating, you have the directory, which is a hierarchy actually, and it wasn't always that way. At least not in the battle days. I'm reminiscing today, but um, permissions—it's strictly, and, and we can dig in a little bit here as to how you should do this. But permissions is who is allowed to do what with a certain directory or a certain file, and uh, you know there's a. Uh, owner, group, and world permissions, we'll, uh, yep. we'll link to what we talked about in the, in the last episode. But it, now here's where it gets interesting because what happens is the OS is actually looking in, uh, it's buried somewhere, it's a, a, a receipts folder. Well, one is a this discuti- disc utility has a set of, so, so the one recommendation is you should use the latest version of the disk utility as possible. Because yep. sometimes there are changes in the OS and some of the permissions that may have made sense in earlier versions have been updated or modified. Yeah. So use the latest version that you can. Yep. But then I think the other thing is, what it's doing is that it's comparing, now it's only for Apple installed software that this works. Right. Not, not just Apple software, but using the Apple installer. Because what happens is after you install with the Apple installer, what gets stored away somewhere is something called a receipt, which is, Kind of a well, it's, well, it's a, it's it's a list. because that's redundant it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a, a list of all the files that w- were installed okay including the permissions for all of those files so really what's happening and, and we'll link to something in the the wonderful Apple uh, support database, um, but basically it's comparing the ones from when it was installed to what it is now, and if it's different it's going to change them back the assumption being that the ones that were set when it was installed are the correct ones. And for whatever reason, they got changed. Now, uh, uh, as they pointed out, some things aren't available when you boot. For example, repair discs, you can't do off of a boot disc. But permissions, you could either boot off of a CD or… Should, should we play Should
0: we play the trash man's question before you, uh, before you dive uh, into more
1: permissions here, John? You know, I think we should because I think it, it kind of… Yeah, I was getting ahead of myself. It sets here. the stage. Here we go.
3: Hey, guys. Thanks. This is the Trash Man from East Oakland. Thanks for answering my question um, regarding, uh, you know, uh, putting Tiger on my G4. Duh. Changed the hard drive. Uh, you know, that's what I did. I moved the DVD drive over. So <laughs> sometimes you've got to spell it out for some people. Anyway, uh, I do have another question, if you don't mind. Um, when I, recently when I was at the Genius Bar, I don't know why they call it that, but I was at the Genius Bar, one of their geniuses, uh, told me that I should not, no longer, uh, you know, with Tiger, no longer repair disc permissions. And he wouldn't give me the reason why, he just sort of kind of waved his hand and went, Woo, it's like some kind of voodoo or something. Uh, anyway, um, and I did read that somewhere online, I don't have the reference point, but I did read that on, on, online somewhere. Well, if that's the case, why do I still have the option to do that? Um, Um, And, you know, I'm I'm just this this kind of is making me wonder, because I'm a fanatic about, um, you know, maintenance and cocktail and those sort of things. And um, if you could, I'd just love to hear what your thoughts are on that. Um. All
1: right. I'd say this genius you got. Someone has to take away his take away his propeller beanie. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Wait a minute, though. I, he, I, he
1: loses I, genius status for him. well, if if he in fact stated you should never repair your permissions, I wholeheartedly disagree with that statement.
0: Now, see, I I think perhaps the genius. I, I, trust me, I I think he still deserves to lose his stripes, but but I, I think there was was a nugget of truth that uh, that he had yes. had yet to 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 offer here, and that is. What you were getting into just before we played Trashman's question, when yeah when, so. you, what's that?
1: No, rightfully so. You cut yeah. me off because it leads into this, which is there are different ways to repair the permissions. Yeah, Go on.
0: It, it, so your you know your Tiger DVD is you know ten four oh ten four one ten four two ten four three ten four four whatever it is, it's frozen in time. Okay, and the receipts that it knows about are frozen in time as well. So if you've got 10.4.10 on your Mac and your DVD is only good up to 10.4.4, well, there might be some changes there. Now, if you can't boot your Mac because there's some permissions issue, it's not a bad idea to repair from the DVD. However, once you've successfully booted your Mac, go ahead and rerun Disk Utility from the live boot drive and update everything to... What you've got, then, uh, that to me, that's the that's the the best path to do it. So, you know, doing it from the DVD isn't bad, but it may not be everything you need, and it may not entirely be correct. So, go ahead and do it that way, and then go ahead and uh, and do it again once you've successfully booted from your from your machine.
1: So, right, it could. So, I I think it was misstated, but yeah, it could potentially make matters worse if you revert to a version of the permissions that. We're okay with the install CD, but not at the current version you're at, which you know changes over time. Now, you know, there, there was just one thing that caught my attention, and we, we'll move on here, but in one of the articles, it's an Apple support article, we'll link to it, called Troubleshooting Permission Issues in Mac OS X. Eventually, they get to a point where they talk about, oh, you know, if you got a problem, I believe it has to do with your trash. And they said, you know, you should try this to kind of help empty out your trash if it's, if it's stubborn, which could be due to permissions or something else. But they actually suggest that you type sudo space R-M space dash F-R space. Now I'm going to stop you right there. Directory you want to get rid of.
0: Yeah. Let's say you had stopped right there before you'd done the name of the directory and accidentally pressed enter. Pseudo space R-M space dash F-R. Mm -hmm. Well, actually that wouldn't have done anything, but if you had typed a slash there, it would have potentially wiped out your drive or certainly a good chunk of it. And, uh, and I think what you were trying to get at John was, that's just bad advice to give to people to type pseudo space RM space dash FR for anything. In fact, when I have to do that, and there are times like this where you want to delete the trash, I actually don't type the dash FR, which means recursive for the R, and recursive means go through all the directories, and F means force. Don't stop, don't pass, go, don't collect $200, just erase it, right? Right. So I'll type sudo space rm space and then type the directory name. Right. Then I'll backspace over and do the dash rf because that way I'm sure that I've got everything in place and heaven forbid I won't type slash and
1: hit return and wipe my drive. So, yeah. So I would just uh, suggesting that you ever type something where if you don't get the part after the dash fr right is a recipe for disaster. Now, of course, it's going to ask for your password in a few goof up your password <laughs> yeah you hope if, unless you unless you've authenticated within the last five minutes in which case it won't require your password then so, then uh, or the the timer set but uh, yeah uh, so we'll link to it and I'm gonna put a warning you know never type because you know especially for the noobs out there if somebody tells you to type that because it'll do something cool uh, don't believe them
0: <laughs> John writes. Hi, John and Dave. I'm a long-time listener, first time writing in. At work, I've been able to fix most, if not all, of the Mac issues that arise on a day-to-day basis. But when it comes to my own machine, there is one nagging issue that has been lingering around. When I choose either restart or shutdown from the Apple menu, the machine just sits there as though I didn't click on anything, no dialog box, nothing. I've even created a new account, as the two of you have stated multiple times, to see if it is an issue with the user account, and still, no dialog box stating the computer will either shut down or restart in X amount of time. Right now, the only way for me to shut down my machine is to open a terminal window and run sudo space shutdown space dash -h space now. Any help you can give me in this matter would be greatly appreciated. Uh, this is an interesting uh, thing, and and John and I have talked to about a couple of ways. I know you've got uh, you've actually got some research on this. My my initial mm-hmm. thought was. Well, there's got to be something running on a system wide level, certainly creating a new user account, as John and I recommend repeatedly to test with is one uh, one way of, of ruling out whatever you whatever cruft you've got built up in your main user account with John's issue. Of course, that didn't work. That doesn't mean that it's not still the same problem and just a system wide piece of cruft instead of a user piece of cruft. For that kind of thing, I found there's a utility, and I found it years ago. It still works. It's called Diablotin, and we'll link to it. And it lets you go through and disable all of the startup items, login items, internet plugins, you name it. It lets you disable it. And it'll even let you disable on a system-wide level if you're willing to authenticate to do so. Uh, Going through that. Even if you're not going to disable anything, it shows you everything that's starting up, both on a user level and on a system-wide level, and might give you an idea. You might see something and say, oh, yeah, you know, I forgot I installed that stupid little thing, and I bet that's what's getting in my way. So, it's certainly a handy utility. It, At the very least, it gives you an overview. Even if you don't make a single change, it gives you an overview as to what's running, and you might look at it and say, I don't think it's anything. You might be wrong. You might be right, but at least now you're you you know, you're making a, a more informed decision. So. That's uh, that's where I would start. And and then the other, only other thing I thought of was, well, maybe something got messed up with the OS, so go ahead and download and install the combined uh, 10.4.10 updater. So th- those are my two thoughts on it, and I know, John, you said you had done some research on
1: that as well. Yes, sir. So the first thing I would check, and we suggest this a lot, but it's worth mentioning again, is to, to run the console application in your application utilities folder. Um, and look in the system.log file because what it will do, and I verified this on, on my system, it'll show you that shutdown call. And actually, here I look at mine and it says, you know, shutdown colon halt by John Braun, which is my username. And then there's some messages after that showing what happened afterwards. You may see something after the shutdown call, assuming that it gets written to this file, which it should. Um, that's hanging everything up. Like here I see mostly network related things. So that's one suggestion. Look in your shutdown.log file, see what's happening after you issue the shutdown. Uh, and it may lead uh, to something that you may want to disable or something that's halting the shutdown process. And then two things, look, looking through the Apple support database. Yeah, there's all sorts of good stuff in the console app. I, I can't believe it sometimes. Sometimes it's scary. But anyways, now there's two things. I did a bit more research on uh, the through uh, Apple Support site, so here's one which kind of makes sense, and they talk about this. Uh, the title of the article is Re- "Restart or Shut Down Delay if AFP, which is Apple File Protocol, I think, volume is mounted but server may not be contacted." And basically, what they're saying is that there's a network volume that's mounted or in a, a weird state where your computer thinks it's there but it's not, and and I've seen this sometimes too. Um, where actually I have you know, a machine where I've linked to a network drive and then maybe I sleep the machine and wake it up and the state of that connection has changed. And it gets very, very confused. So I think what's happening is it's trying desperately to communicate with that drive and it's never gonna happen. And it, Sometimes AFP, I think, and, and most network drive connections sometimes get kind of dumb and they don't realize no one's there. So that's a documented issue. And then the other, now this is only for the, the classic type of folks here, um, OS9 had a folder called shutdown items. Now if you have classic running, there may be something in that shutdown items folder, and this is another documented thing on Apple. There may be things in there that aren't working quite right. And their suggestion, I think, was pretty much, you know, whack everything that's in that shutdown items folder. If you even run classic, I know it's rarer and rarer these days. Um, but that's another documented cause for preventing a shutdown or anything, restart logout. That sort of thing. So, uh, between all of that, I hope <laughs> <laughs> certainly gets you headed in the right direction. I hope we help.
0: Uh, before we talk about Mike's narcoleptic Mac, I wanted to tell you all about our first sponsor for this show, which is Barebone Software with BB Edit. BB Edit is a text editor. With BB Edit, you can exercise total control over your text, work your way, and live up to all the standards. Supporting just about every language I've ever tried to throw at it. Edit auto senses when you've loaded a piece of code, tabs all and color codes all of your functions and uh, commands. Really, really makes coding simple. And in the latest version, they've added what we call the uh, Dave Hamilton feature, though of course they, they, they didn't call it that in the press release. But uh, when you quit edit, it allows you to save, and you can set it to do this automatically, all of your open windows and all of the files you had in them. So if you had... 15 different files open in four different windows and stuff all over the place. When you relaunch BB Edit, bam, they're all right there, including your FTP browsers and all that stuff. BB Edit's power and interface has no parallel on the PC. There are people who prefer to use the Mac just because they can use BB Edit. Again, this is all available from barebones.com. With that, Mike writes John and Dave, love the show. i been subscribed since about this time last year. I have a problem with my Mac. It's a PowerBook G4 with a 1.67 gigahertz processor, if that helps. And Mike, it helps. And I find it'll go to sleep at random, but usually so when I'm chatting with my friends through Adium. Another problem I have with it is that on occasion, when I put it to sleep, or rather when I open it back up, it won't wake up. I've tried moving my finger across the trackpad. I've tried holding down the power button to reset it. I've tried hitting the space bar, and I've tried a few other things. When I finally tried it all, I do the last resort, take out the battery, wait for the sleep light to go out, which signals the laptop is no longer sleeping and has shut down. When I replace the battery and log in, it tells me the date's December 31st, 1969 at 7 o'clock p.m. And the laptop is my only computer. I need it badly and wish to cure it of its narcolepsy. You know, we started doing some research earlier tonight about this uh, because we thought it was one thing. And
1: he found the time warp feature that he went back in time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, so what I said is, well, I think initially your suspicion, Dave, was. Well, initially I thought it was the internal battery, but. And then I was going to one-up you and say, you dumb-dumb, the <laughs> PowerBook G4 12-inch, because he didn't specify which one. But, so this is one little mini tangent, but there are very few models of Apple computer that do not have an internal backup battery. Right. My PowerBook G4 12-inch is one of them. And there's like three models. So I was going to say, that's the problem. It doesn't have a backup battery. But and then Dave, and you that count-
0: that's right. That led John and I to a discussion about, well, they never made a 1.67, 12 inch. So that's impossible. And of course, you that- call me a dum up then. No, I wasn't going to, I was going to go to Wikipedia first and make sure I was right before I called you a dum dum. <laughs> I believe I was ranting about how I knew all things, uh, but you know, that that's just, that's semantics. Uh, and, and the Wikipedia article for the PowerBook G4 stumbled onto a, 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 a phrase of, called PowerBook narcolepsy. Now, you know, this was like a cosmic fate moment here because that's what I had called this in our, uh, in our show notes. And sure enough, there were a rash of reports concerning, concerning sudden and pervasive sleeping of 1.67 gigahertz models, primarily the 15-inch. Symptoms include the PowerBook suddenly entering sleep mode no matter the battery level if it's plugged in. System logs report received emergency signal from power management going to sleep now. And the cause of this problem is that the trackpad sensor monitoring the trackpad will sporadically spike to over 100 degrees centigrade, causing the power book to think that it will melt if it does not immediately shut down. And so it shuts down. There are fixes for this you may be able to convince Apple to do it again. This was one of those discussions that magically disappeared from Apple's discussion boards, but, uh, but Apple may fix this for you if they won't, or if you don't even want to head down that path, there is a solution uh, that we, that's been called the PowerBook sleeping issue fix. Uh, No surprise there. And it involves removing the, uh, the Kecks from the extensions, the systems extensions folder uh, that monitor this and, pull those out and problem doesn't happen anymore, which is actually a nice hmm. little fix. Of course, if your machine actually heats up to that temperature, yeah. it won't shut down either, but yeah. it wouldn't happen anyway because your sensor's busted. So, uh, you, you know, you, 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 you pick,
1: you know, devil do, devil you don't kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, and you know, know, I've noticed that trend though, where, you know, people will raise a huff. Now, sometimes I don't know, sometimes they're justified, and, and enough times it's at a point where, yeah, you know, Apple, I mean, in general, does a very nice job, but every now and then, it happens to everybody, I mean, the, like almost every computer vendor has had a problem with you know batteries that go up in flames, not just Apple, because they get sourced in the same place. But, you know, if enough people complain, so this may be one of those issues, maybe they have like a secret you know, repair program, because there right. was a known issue that, that enough people complained about it, so. Right. Depends on the person you get on the phone. Hopefully you get a good one.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right, let's hear from Uncle Mick. Well, this isn't Uncle Mick. This is just Mick.
2: Hey, John and Dave. This is Mick Houston from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Really enjoyed the show. Uh, Had a quick question for you. I upgraded recently a MacBook. It's a 2.0 gigahertz Intel Core Duo. uh, And I put in 2 gig of RAM, and I put in a a larger hard drive, a um, uh, 120 gig hard drive. Uh, after doing that, and by the way, that went uh, very smoothly, uh, I noticed on when you go to about this Mac, it does not show uh, the uh, startup drive anymore uh, on on my particular uh, MacBook. When I go to my wife's MacBook or my. Uh, my iMac, uh, I'm able to see that information, so uh, everything seems to be working fine. But I cannot get to that information uh, that shows what the startup disk is when I pull up about this Mac. I, I don't know why it's it's not doing that. I don't know if it, it's even anything to be concerned about. Uh, but I thought I'd ask you that, and then also uh, I haven't seen necessarily a very. Uh, Easy to see uh, increase in speed from the 2 gig of RAM uh, versus the 1 gig I had in the computer. Um, wondering what I could do to maybe test that. Uh, to give you an a, a example, the iMac that I have is a 1.83 gigahertz Intel Core Duo, and it, um, it opens up Quicksilver, for instance, during the startup uh, process much faster than my 2 gigahertz MacBook with 2 gig of RAM. The iMac has 1.5 gig of RAM in it. So I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And, uh, of course, you can reach me. All
0: right. <clears throat> so as I was listening to this, I, I kind of thought about the process that Mick went through here. Mick, you uh, you, you probably you know, you know got the RAM and the hard drive at the same time, so you probably unplugged it from the – you shut down the computer, of course – Unplugged it from power, removed the battery, and set to work. You put the RAM in first or last, and then put the hard drive in, or vice versa. <clears throat> As John and I discussed, there are most Apple laptops that have an internal battery. I, I'm not sure if it's a battery or just a capacitor that, that holds the, uh, the charge, but it's one or the other. And, uh, and it holds enough of a charge to keep the clock going and all of that for a limited period of time. Of course, if you've got the battery out long enough to swap the hard drive, that limited period of time is up. Uh, And so the computer loses all of its settings. One of the settings that's stored in what's called this PRAM is the startup disk. So your computer has lost the setting for its startup disk. Now, when your Mac starts up, the first thing it does is it looks at this setting and says, what startup disk do you want? If there's nothing there, then it starts looking, okay, what disks do I have? And the first one that it finds, basically, it starts from. And so it starts from your hard drive every time, regardless of whether or not uh, you've got this, this setting in there. My guess is if you went to system preferences, startup disk, and selected your hard drive, you would then find that it was there in your about this Mac from the Apple menu, so that's that's problem number one. Problem number two, uh, you know, the, first of all, the difference difference between one point five and two gigs of RAM at system startup is negligible. You, you know, your Mac's probably going to use somewhere between. I'm going to say 600 megs and a gig of RAM to get itself fully started up and happy. Now, if you have less than that, it's going to page out to swap a little bit. Uh, but if, you, if you've got you know a minimum of gig of RAM, it's going to start up just fine without having to to flood a whole
1: lot out to swap. I think we're talking lowest common denominator here, which I think you're going <laughs> to... Yep. Yeah, you're
0: right. No. Yeah, so, so we've got to start looking at, at what else is different. And I would even venture to say that if your iMac had a gig of RAM and your MacBook two gigs, the iMac would still start up faster. Why? <laughs> because of the hard drive. I don't care how fast of a drive you put in a laptop. I've never seen a laptop drive outperform a, uh, a, a, a desktop drive, at, you know, a full height, three and a half inch drive or a half height, three and a half, which has become the full height, but again, another tangent. Uh, You know, I've got a a, I put the the 7200 RPM drive in my uh, in my MacBook Pro. Now, again, I've got the the core duo, not the core two duo MacBook Pro with two gigs of RAM. And it's piggishly slow as I'm swapping between apps. So, you know, when am I going to see or when is Mick going to see the the benefit of having two gigs of RAM? Well, that's just it. If you've got a bunch of apps open and you need to switch from one to the other, More often than not, with your two gigs of RAM, you're not going to have to page out to swap. And at that point, yeah, you will notice that things are a lot snappier. When I was doing a lot of Windows consulting, people would complain because we'd double their RAM or something. And they would say, gosh, you know, my system now, it takes longer to boot. And my answer was, well, yeah, you've got more RAM. So it's going to read in more than it would normally. And that's kind of how Windows would work. And uh, I'm not sure, you know, it, it... whether or not that's that's how the OS 10 works, it you know the boot process is not when you're going to notice the the difference of your RAM, uh, unless you had so little RAM that it was just you know bogging you down. But uh, but there you go. Yeah.
1: So yeah, the the lowdown is your hard drive's is a dog. That yeah. what I was saying is just when you're looking at, at, at you know relative speed of things, the processors are pretty fast and RAM, unless you know as you said, you're severely constrained is pretty fast, but hard drive speeds are orders of magnitude below all of that. Yeah. You know, as far as the data throughput and all that, and I'll differ with you, Dave, because if you're willing to pay, you can get a laptop drive that's as fast, if not faster, than a desktop drive, but I, you will pay. I, I'm going to interrupt you
0: here. I, I would be happy to pay, uh, and, and I'd be happy to talk about it here on the show, if somebody could show me a laptop drive that actually performed Equal to or better than an average desktop drive. I just haven't seen it. I've been living on laptops since 1998, so nine years I've been using a laptop as my main machine. And the biggest complaint I have is that the drives are piggishly slow. And I don't, Uh. the, the specs have not mattered to me in the least. I don't see any difference between the 5400 and the 72. They're all just pig slow. And I would love to be proven wrong on this. Uh, it so, sounds like a geek, to, maybe
1: a geek to geek challenge. There you go. I'd, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. I've re- uh, well, hey, if if you folks have anything to say about it, yeah. All I'm saying is, that you may have to pay dearly to get a laptop drive. That I'd like to know what. I'd like to know what that number is. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Show me a number, and I might pay it. Of course, I need to update my MacBook anyway but uh mm-hmm. but that's that uh, and if uh i guess if lisa listens to this show before thursday she'll know that i ordered her an iphone last week but uh i did nice yeah you know i i i i needed to uh, at have the, one. the new improved price you, actually at the new improved refurb price so i only paid 350 oh you it. got the refurb right of course well, why not oh yeah
1: i've heard about that yeah, yeah heck why not yeah um that was steve to give back the uh give people back the money yeah it was the right pr move i agree did you see the the joke uh the the joke article i think bb spot which is a humor site was saying that anybody who bought a lisa is is entitled to a seven thousand dollar apple store credit (laughs) because they got that man yeah lisa owners i mean that was like a ten thousand dollar computer even back in money of that day oh my gosh (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome. It was a good joke piece. All right, what's uh, yeah? I had a to. Little, I, little... I had
0: to buy one. I I needed one in the in the camp here. I, I need to have one to work with. But it, as many of you have read, I mean, I did that editorial over at uh, iPod Observer last
1: week about hating the iPhone. I don't it? hate the iPhone. I don't. I thought hate you said it. you hated it. No, That's somebody else said way. I hated
0: it, and I asked. I answered his question. Uh, but yeah, it just doesn't—it uh, it doesn't do enough for me. It's not flexible enough for for the life I need to lead, lead here. But uh, but I needed to have one in the camp, and Lisa's razor burned out, so uh, I ordered her one. She oh, thinks a one new one. razor is coming. Uh, the the iPhone is the uh, is the replacement. So uh, oh, so well that's, that's surprise. Amazing. You know, there you go. Uh, all right, we talked, and, and actually, uh, the trash man was the one who brought it up. Uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how, uh, all of his troubles upgrading from, uh, or installing Panther and then upgrading with the tiger upgrade DVD. And, uh, and the first thing that John and I did, and we got wrong, so this was the one thing that we didn't know, uh, Mm. was that there actually was a tiger upgrade only DVD, um, yeah. yeah, which, which is interesting. Uh, apparently there were, there were machines that shipped with Panther and then came with this upgrade DVD that you would plug in and, uh, it would bounce you up to tiger, but only if you had Panther pre-installed. So, so what he was doing there was, was a sound, uh, sound endeavor. Mm-hmm. The problem was, well, and maybe we'll, uh, we'll, 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 have, we'll, we'll let, uh, Dale kind of talk us through this a little bit here um, because we talked about all the different ways of connecting or getting the the tiger dvd to run in his yikes g4 which did not have a dvd drive we of course suggested take the uh, drive out of the g5 put it in the g4
1: boom you're done there or were some just mu- get a random drive another drive that's right that's right i, mean, was what I tossed out
0: yeah, although you need then you'd need that uh, third party utility that that doesn't come to mind and I know Michael knows exactly what it is and uh, Michael Johnston has already put it in the uh in the AAC feed right here uh, Michael Johnston of iPhone Alley that is. Uh but uh that is the utility that lets you boot from a non Apple uh DVD drive.
1: So, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Oh, yes, someone wrote in and uh, yeah, oh, I put yeah. it in the show notes actually. Yep. Someone wrote in also saying by the way yeah so it's
0: there again in the show notes John will put it in the, uh, in the, in the stuff mentioned or stuff almost mentioned section and, uh, and then we'll let we'll let Dale talk about this but uh, but there's, a, there's yet another issue
2: hi this is Tim from the High Potency Music Podcast about the issue about putting Tiger onto a machine that doesn't have a DVD drive and not wanting to go through getting the DVD back to get CDs I think you recall at one point I set up my put my G5 into target disc mode and uh, connected it to my MacBook Pro, and there was a, a disc in the DVD drive, and that showed up as well. Both hard drives in the G5 as well as the CD drive showed up. So if you put the install disc in the G5, put it in the target disc mode connected via Firewire to the G4 with no DVD drive, you might just be able to boot it up that way across using the... Um, Firewire to the uh, CD or DVD drive in the G5. Um, I'm not at home, so I can't test this right now. But I wanted to call it in uh, so you guys could check it out or whatever. And talk to you later. Bye. All
0: right. So that was Tim. Sorry, and and listener Dale actually confirmed what Tim said. So I had trouble reading my own notes here. Um, yeah, I got I got a response to that though. Yes, you do.
1: Would you like it? I I would love it, and so would they. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, actually, what no, Tim no, says... No, no,
1: their, no. Their advice was totally valid for every G4 Mac, except Yikes. If we are to trust, and, and this rings true to me, I sort of remember this, uh, our friends at Lowe and Mac have a, a wonderful database of all the little nuances of all the, the older Macs here, and unfortunately, it seems the G4 Yikes had a problem yikes in that it couldn't boot off of a firewire drive every g4 Mac after that so in that specific case target disk mode would not have worked not either but way for all subsequent huh not either way you can't do it the g4 itself won't won't boot
0: into target disk mode and it won't connect to anything in target disk mode nor will it connect or nor will it
1: boot from any firewire device at all that's right well just this one. Just the yikes! That's right. Just the yikes! All past that, yeah. So the models after that could do that. So, you know, that's that's how it goes. But yeah, low end Mac, love the site, um, and it brings out these little oddities. So, uh, which kind of disappointed me because I thought, well, you and I thought at first. Well, you know, I think we we just kind of subconsciously knew this, and we just <laughs> because we kind of skipped over. No, we had it. We had as as we call it a uh oh.
0: Are they coming to get you,
1: John? No, that's the, uh, I'm down the street from both the fire and police department, Uh which is bad. That's the bad part. Folks, when John disappears off the uh, podcast,
0: I'll wrap things up for us, but uh, he may not make it back next week. We're just going to say that. I I don't know.
1: But you and I had what I think we refer to technically as a brain fart. (laughs) Thanks. Well, come on. There you go. Yeah. Up here comes Rescue One. Okay. I think that was Engine One going by. Rescue One's coming. Hold on. No, you ahead. need to soundproof your studio like I did. Of
0: course, I say that, and the soundproofing's not in the window. The window is wide open uh, here.
1: I don't have a studio. Don't tell
0: them that. Uh, oh, you know, sorry. I'm in TMO Towers. TMO Towers East number 2. So uh, <laughs> Lester also suggested an al- a good alternative. Again, wouldn't work with the Yikes, but would work with any other Mac. And if you don't have a, a spare DVD drive, or you don't want to move it from one machine to the other, and you don't have a spare hard drive to to sacrifice Uh, if you have an iPod reformat, the iPod, put it in, uh, enabled, you know, firewire disc mode, and then dump the installer onto the iPod. You need to do the same thing that we talked about with any other hard drive. You need to make it so that it's bootable and all of that stuff, uh, restore the DVD to the, to the, the iPod. And then you could boot from the iPod. Now you want to talk about slow hard drives, man, the iPod takes the cake, but, uh, but it would work. And, uh, and then of course you just, and when you're done, restore the iPod to the way that it was, and uh, and you're good to go. So,
1: that's uh, yeah. well, that, well, that hard drive, I think, it, it w- wasn't really speed because I think the main thing is it was for storage, and they would cache a boatload of data in RAM, so you didn't really need a blazing hard drive. I mean, it, well, you right. noticed yeah. when it was, you would hear the hard drive spin up, and that's when it was loading the RAM cache and right. after that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, get away with as cheap a as slow a part as you can, right? Well, yeah Yeah, they don't know.
0: iPod didn't need a fast hard drive. I mean, you're talking about, you know, streaming MP3s that, what, 128K? Yeah, I think it's plenty fast for that. Our second sponsor for this show is Audible. Audible.com slash MacGeekGab is the link. Audible will allow you to browse their catalog of over 35,000 titles of audiobooks. You can listen to these books on pretty much anything that you can listen to this podcast on your computer, your iPod, your CD, burn it to a CD, your PC or your Mac. you could even listen on your Trio, uh, and even on your iPhone. Uh, by visiting audible.com/macgeekcapb, you get a 14-day free trial of Audible Listener Gold and one free download to check out the service. Uh, all kinds of books available. Some geek-oriented books uh, for you folks might be, uh, and us, I I, I don't mean you as separate from us, I mean all of us, Uh, I Was, How I Invented the Personal Computer and Had Fun Along the Way, Stephen Levy's The Perfect Thing, How the iPod Shuffles Commerce Culture and Coolness, Icon Steve jobs, the second greatest, the greatest second act in this, not the second greatest act, the greatest second act in the history of business. And Alan Deutschman's the second coming of Steve jobs. Again, this is all available from audible.com slash And that will allow you to get the one free download and the 14 day free trial of audible listener gold with that. Gary actually had a very, very interesting thing come in, uh, And I'm going to read this and then, and then, John, I I know you're itching to talk about this, which is uh, why I wanted to pull this. So I'm itching in general, but (laughs) thanks. Uh, (laughs) You know, you you, you say that stuff right before I have to read like four paragraphs from somebody here. I appreciate what you do for me, John. Mm, Gary writes my 20 inch iMac suffered a power supply failure and I arranged to take it to a local Apple store and have it repaired upon dropping it off the genius checked to see if the machine powered up which it didn't printed the diagnostic and repair auth form and asked me for the user or administrator password I told him I didn't remember it which was a lie now Mm. as my wife can attest I have always used difficult to remember and even more difficult to guess 25 to 32 character passwords on my user accounts. I'm going to talk about that in a minute Gary but we're going to we're going to move on with this. Administrator accounts, forget it. I have those stored in digital wallets on other computers because they are so random. I thought that since it was a hardware problem, they would just replace the power supply and see if the computer would boot. Once the service tech would be would get to the user login screen, they could shut the machine down. At most, they could use a boot disk if they needed to perform diagnostics. Well, when I picked the iMac up and took it home, it booted straight to the user account. No log on screen. No password. Everything was there for the service tech or anyone else to see while it was being serviced. Here's my question. How did they so trivially bypass my password? Is there a password cracking or other utility floating around the back of the Apple store? As someone who's concerned with, this, with security, this makes me think that all the time I spent typing those long passwords was worthless if someone can just come along and bypass my password. I'm concerned because I need to take it back because my, the lower fan is making a lot of noise. Any other computer, I'd replace it myself. But the iMac can be enough tough nut to crack, regardless of how hard the part is to find or purchase.
1: All right. John, I'm going to let you go on this uh, on this password thing here. All right. Well, the first thing, I think Gary has some trust issues. Um, no, 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 no. I'm no. sorry. This isn't. No. <laughs> no, it, it's, a, it's a valid concern, you know, whenever your data gets out of, out of your control here. But here's how you get around this. So as a matter of fact, if you have a uh, if you have an install CD, there it is. there's a little ditty on it where if you boot from an install CD and you eventually get to the point where you're ready to install the OS, but you don't install it, and you go to the, uh, I believe it's the installer menu. Actually, in, a,
0: in future, ver- it, it used to be the installer menu. Now, it's,
1: there's a new utilities menu, but the,
0: this, okay, the command sorry. is the same, John.
1: But the command is the same, and it's called reset password. Ding, 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 ding. And you know what it does? Yes, <laughs> So um, as to your question, do they have a magic disc? Yes, we all do. Yeah. Now, so that's the first thing. So yes, anybody who has normally, unless you've done something, which I'm gonna tell you about in a moment, normally anybody can boot from the install CD and make this choice. And you know, I mean, it's, I guess I'm okay with it because if somebody has physical access to your machine, it's pretty much game over.
0: Yeah, they could take the drive out, mount it in another machine, uncheck the use permissions on this drive, and look at
1: everything. Unless, which I think at the end of his email, he suggests one way to get around this, which is if you encrypt. uh, But anyway, so say you you would like to make your computer a little less prone to the the booting and resetting of password things. Uh, by Apple service people or other people. Well, you know, there's a handy little utility, and that's why this is a kind of back and forth, called Open Firmware Password. This is a utility you can download from Apple, and uh, it it does. Well, Open Firmware is what is inside of of all modern Macs here, and it's you know what helps the machine start up and all that. But what this utility does, among other things, is when you run it it prevents you from booting from any external device. So if you would like to, and you know you could verify this, if you run this utility and you enable this feature, if you put in a CD, you have an external b- drive, it, it doesn't matter, even if you hold down C, it ignores it and it boots off of the last selected drive, which the assumption is only an administrator can select the bootable drive. So. This is a way to prevent people from casually booting an external drive and messing with your machine. All right. Now, of course, there's a way around that. All right. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, you know, that setting is stored in open firmware, which, as we were talking about in the past, I read up a little bit on this. As we talked about in the past, you usually have some sort of backup battery. Well, as far as I can tell, this setting for open firmware is stored in the parameter RAM, so if you're really, really, really determined, you could disconnect the backup battery to the machine that you would like to compromise, and eventually, this open firmware password deal will go away, and then you can boot from an external device. All right. Now
0: I got a couple things oh. to say here.
1: Oh, do you have one more thing to add? I'll let you go. Oh no 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 no. That okay. that I think pretty much covers it. But it's a it's a kind of cat and mouse there as far as you know how you prevent. it. But yes, I I'd like to hear what you have to say. I got something to say. All right. First of all, uh, the open
0: firmware thing is great for uh, for y- y- you folks that haven't yet updated to Intel Max. But as uh, as listeners have been keen to point out in the past, all of our Intel Macs, don't have open firmware. They use what they call EFI and EFI, I I believe is inaccessible to the user. You can't, you know, with open firmware, you can boot in, like you said, with command option OF. I don't believe there's any way to get to EFI. And I don't think EFI has any of these additional uh, parameters available. No boot password, no, none of that. So if you're on an Intel Mac, this isn't even an option for you. Um, So that that's one thing to bear in mind. Number two, Gary said that he used 24 to 32 character passwords. Now, I I'm a Unix guy from way back, and I may be, uh, be showing my, my computing age here, but uh, I believe Mac OS 10 is consistent with, with all the other Unixes or Unices. Maybe that's a geek challenge. How do we pronounce multiple? I think it's Unixes, right? Uh, Unixes? Is it Unices? I don't know. Unixes. I think it's Unixes. I think it's the latter. I don't think Mac OS X differs from all the other flavors of Unix uh, in this particular point. And that is the maximum character length of a password is eight. That's it. Eight character passwords. So your 24 to 32 character passwords are, you know, what, uh, 16 to 24 characters too long. The machine is completely ignoring everything starting with character nine. You could type the first eight characters, of your password, and then all zeros or nothing at all, and it would take it. Uh, it and I'm curious to, to try that out. I've, I've always assumed that password length was, was eight characters because Mac OS X is based on Unix, and that's just, you know, we all make these assumptions, right, without even thinking about why we're making them. Uh, so I've never set longer than an eight-character password, but I don't think it would matter. So, uh, so there you have it. And, and no, yeah, You know what?
1: Uh, though I'm reading up here, Dave, I, I I found an article that suggests here, and I'll read the line here. It says, Intel-based Macintosh computers can be protected by firmware passwords as well. The firmware in an Intel-based computer uses an EFI. Right. Open firmware is used in PowerPC. But uh, looking at this follow-up article, it appears to me that you can enable this functionality with both platforms. Though it may be a different program. Sure. Huh, I'd so love to you know how to do it. it that, it's not entirely accurate, but um, yeah, I'll read of a bit more. But it sounds like with Intel, you can do this as well, and it has the same effects. Where mostly it's you know preventing target dismode mode and booting from a CD and, and uh, things uh, like that. So let me let me do a bit more digging. But I think it may be a different uh, application.
0: Yeah, that would be good to
1: know. Uh, that does this,
0: huh? All right. Well, uh, that, that you know, that's enough for me. I don't know about you, John, but uh, I've had enough. I think we've I think we've gone through enough. Uh, there, there's actually one more thing. You know, John and I are going to uh, Portable Media Expo at the end of September here. New.
1: You got it. Here, it's right. It's the in New it Media
0: and Podcast Expo, or Podcast and New mm-hmm. Media Expo.
1: Yeah. think yeah, they're getting rid of the podcast part, I guess.
0: No, it's Podcast and New Media Expo. I got it right it in front of me here. Yeah. Got it. And the reason I have it right in front of me is because. Uh, TMO is proud to be a media sponsor Not only of the podcast And New Media Expo But also uh, on the Let's see This would be on September 28th Which is Friday night At 7.30pm At the Ontario Convention Centre Is the Culture Catch Salon And there, That's a really fancy name For a kickin' party Is what it is So there's going to be uh, A whole ton of entertainment At this party It's open to all 2,500-plus attendees of the Expo and their guests. Uh, It's totally free, and, well, assuming you've paid for your admission to the Expo, but uh, all sorts of entertainment, emceed by Hayden Black from Goodnight Burbank, live music from the all-girl trio Von Iva, DJ David Starfire, aerial arts, that's acrobatics to you and me, John, from Drea Weber, and Brazilian belly dancers. In addition to that, five grand worth of prizes from... Co-sponsors: Gibson, Griffin Tech, JBL, Monster Cable, Sure, Ultimate Ears, uh, and then there's also additional sponsors who uh, who have helped fund this event: IOTA, Promonet, Kiptronic, Podcive and of course TMO is the uh, the media sponsor. So if you're going to be there at, at PME, go check this thing out. Friday night is uh, is is typically a uh, there's you know this is it this is what's going on. If you went to the PME site to look what was going on, look and find out what was going on on Friday night, this is what you'd find. So uh, so definitely come in uh, and check it out. John. Uh, yeah, I may, I may check it out. You, you better. I you may have something. Go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: so let's talk about Friday. this. Friday. Oh, no, it's, uh, you know, I wish you had it at the, well, the last day everybody's like Oh, that's going to be, I'm going to hate the flight back. <laughs> I'm dreading.
0: Uh, yeah, know, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be late to, uh, to the party only because I, I already committed to have dinner with uh, the folks that, uh, that have provided you with the, the fast pipe to get this show, and that is Cashfly. So that's where you always download the Mac Geek Gab from. The podcast marketplace this month has the A5 and A2 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, BB Edit from Barebones Software, one free download from Audible, and PDF Pen from Smile on My Mac. The Backbeat Media Podcast Network is where you go to sponsor this show. And, uh, John, I think that's it. I think we've had you, it.
1: Uh, did we had it. Well, did we talk about 206 666? Thank you very much. I guess we did, or 4335.
0: 206 666 Geek or 206-666-4335 those are both the uh, same phone number and they are the number to call if you want to send in an audio comment feedback at macgeekgab.com is the other way and of course macgeekgab on skype is uh, is the third and i believe final way of uh,
1: of going about and doing this so and john yeah, that's and you it. know this is america or even if you're not in america you should vote yeah go to podcast okay. alley iTunes, we love the latest iTunes comments. Good stuff. Thank you so much.
0: Don't leave a nasty comment, because you know what's going to happen to you. Just leave a nasty comment. You might get caught.
2: Made up.